Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship on this Palm Sunday. What kind of a king would come riding to establish a kingdom on the back of a donkey? The kind of king who is like no other, the one who is the perfect example of humility and uses that humility to give us hope. Today, the Lord centers our attention on Philippians chapter 2 and reminds us that our Savior's humility is what gives us undying hope. May he bless us with that truth on this Palm Sunday morning. Our second reading this morning, the words that will serve as our sermon text today, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Indeed, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, but he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. In the name of him who is our Palm Sunday King today and forever, the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, it's pretty much common knowledge that back in the days of ancient Rome, Christians were persecuted and hated and mocked. That's pretty common knowledge. What may not be so evident to you is that, among other things, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ were accused of something called onolatry. Onolatry is defined as donkey worship. One of the most famous examples of that kind of mockery is something called the Alexamenos Graffito. It was a, an engraving etched into a plaster wall in ancient Rome. It was unearthed in a dig back in the year 1857. That wall engraving is believed to date back all the way to 200 A.D. Here's a picture of it. Now, in case it's a little hard to make out, you'll notice that it's depicting a man with the head of a donkey on a cross. And off to the, the left, there is what is supposed to be a, a Christian worshiping this donkey-headed man on a cross. 
And at the bottom of the engraving, there is an inscription which says, Alexamenos worships his God, mocking Christians for worshiping a God on a cross. Now, in all likelihood, that wall engraving had nothing to do with Palm Sunday, nor with the choice that Jesus made that day to come riding into Jerusalem on the back of a borrowed donkey. But that kind of intended mockery shows us very clearly what the unbelieving world thinks about the attitude of humility, the kind of humility that Jesus taught and lived to perfection. Humility may not be valued much by the people who are thinking with a worldly mindset, but to us who are the followers of our Savior Jesus Christ, his humility is everything. His humility is what gives us hope. That's what I want to think about on this Palm Sunday morning, his humility, our hope. Let's focus on that truth. What exactly are we talking about when we talk about the humility of Jesus? Are we talking about the fact that he patiently and quietly endured the rejection and the hatred of so many people during his earthly public ministry? Or are we talking about the fact that he never once complained, though he had been treated so unfairly? Or are we talking about the fact that he never demanded to have people cater to his every need? All of that, yes. But this morning's text is telling us that it runs much, much deeper than that. What was it about Jesus? Paul says, though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, but he emptied himself, taking the very nature of a servant. Now, notice what verse 6 is telling you. Note it carefully and note it well. It says that Jesus isn't kind of like God. It is not telling you that, that Jesus, by living a good life and through a series of promotions, was elevated to a godlike status. It's not saying that. It's telling you that Jesus is in very nature God. He is God. He is one with the Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. And yet, Paul says, Jesus did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. I dare say that if anyone had reached godlike status, they might be eager to show people just how amazing they are. They might display that kind of divinity and power with, with a sense of pride. Look at me! There have been all kinds of, of leaders in our world's history, rulers who have been drunk with power who abuse that power to exploit other people for their own advantage forcing them to do things that they'd rather not do, demanding that they pay them homage, even though it's feigned homage, making sure that everyone knows just how powerful they are. But Jesus, the one whom we rightly identify as the king of all kings, 
the Lord of all lords. No one has more absolute power than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God from all eternity. Everything belongs to him. And yet, Paul tells us that he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. The, the idea here is that Jesus refused to use his status as God for his own selfish advantage. Even though he possessed all divine power and glory, Jesus did not leverage that for his own good. He didn't look down at a world of sinners and say, well, are you out of your mind? I am not coming down there. You brought this on yourselves. You work your own way out of it. Instead, he understood as true God that true greatness isn't about getting. It's about giving. And so Paul says Christ emptied himself. He did not empty himself of his divinity. He remained true God. Always has been true God, always will be true God, but he did empty himself of the full and constant use of his divine power and glory when he came here to earth to be our Savior. And he gave all that he was. And he gave all that he had for no other reason than because of his perfect, humble love for us. Stand in awe of that kind of humility on this Palm Sunday morning, that the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, would come not to be served, but in order to serve us. Even though Jesus had every right in the world to demand that the people of his world would wait on him hand and foot, he became our servant. And because he is filled with this unstoppable and unconditional love for us, Jesus lowered himself all the way down to putting himself under the law, subjected himself to the law of God so that he could obey it perfectly in our place. Jesus is our substitute. So Jesus is the one who made up for our greed and our gossip with his generosity and his perfect grace. Jesus is the one who gave a perfect obedience to the Heavenly Father, the very Heavenly Father that we have so often slighted and ignored or conveniently forgotten about. Jesus is the one who came into, into Jerusalem in perfect, deep humility for every single time that we've refused to show that kind of humility as we've dealt with Him and with one another and instead have acted in sinful pride and arrogance. Believers, on this Palm Sunday, stand in awe of your Savior's great humility. How low was your Savior willing to go for you? Paul's almost led to let out this holy gasp in wonder. He says in verse 8 of our text, he humbled himself and became obedient to death to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why would Paul say even death on a cross? Well, you can guess, maybe. Death by crucifixion was a Roman invention, and it was reserved for only the very worst kind of criminals. It was a way to execute them in the public 
so that they'd be filled with disgrace and shame. Then, of course, there's the fact that death by crucifixion was a slow and excruciatingly painful way to die. But even more than all of that, death on a cross was the kind of death cursed by God. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, and then quoted again in Galatians chapter 3, where it says, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus willingly became a curse for us. Even death on a cross. And you know why. It's because Jesus wasn't just suffering the kind of the physical torture of crucifixion. He was suffering God's righteous anger over the sins of the whole world for our sins. Jesus was cursed in my place and in yours. You know, think of how you hate to be treated unfairly in life. Think of how annoyed and and angry it makes you to be blamed for something you didn't do. Crying foul every single time that we get the short end of the stick in life. Demanding our rights, blaming everyone else for everything that's wrong in our lives. Isn't that the way that we've often lived? And then we read the opening words of this text. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Lord, you're right. My attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. But it isn't. And it hasn't been, not by a long shot. Our lack of humility, our sinful pride, our obsession with self is more than just a character flaw. It's not just a bad look for us. It's sin. Ugly, damning sin. Just one of our innumerable sins. That, friends, is why we need this Savior so badly. And here he is on Palm Sunday riding humbly on the back of a donkey and a borrowed one at that, riding on into Jerusalem, completely aware that the cross was waiting there for him. But he comes anyway, and he comes righteous in this perfect standing with his heavenly Father. And he comes bringing salvation. He isn't hoarding that salvation. He isn't telling you to work for that salvation, to prove yourselves worthy of that salvation. That would never happen. He comes to bring it to you, to open heaven for you by taking your sins from you with him to the cross and then to the grave and burying them in that grave so that they can never come back to haunt you ever, ever again. In Christ, now, because of his humility, we have hope. In Christ, we have the certain hope that we are God's forgiven people and that heaven is waiting for us when this life is over. In Christ, we are saved. His humility, our hope. 
And now in Christ, who is exalted in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, ruling over every name, over every title that could be given because of who he is and because of what he has done and because of the faith that God has graciously and miraculously planted in these hearts of ours, our knee bows, as it says here, in praise and adoration. And our mouths are open and our tongues are loosed and we confess that this Jesus Christ is Lord our Lord, our Savior. And Paul says we do so to the glory of the Father. Because God the Father loved us and sent His Son to save us. And because now we are the living, breathing, praising proof of the power of our Savior's mighty redemption. We love and trust in Him. He's our hope, our strength, our salvation, our everything. Now think, when we rightly view ourselves that way, what else would we do but what you have carved out time to do right here, right now, this morning, in the midst of your busy schedule, to blend your voice with those first Palm Sunday crowds and to sing Hosanna, to sing praise to the one who came riding to bring you salvation. Praise him not just on Sunday. Praise him not just with your words, but praise him with your very life. And that brings us full circle back to the opening words of our text. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. They say that imitation is the highest form of flattery. Believer, imitate Jesus, not to flatter him, but to glorify him. Don't just stand in awe of his humility. Imitate his humility as you live your life in his world. How will you do that? By putting God first. By praising him in everything you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, doing it all to the glory of God. By putting others ahead of yourself like Jesus put us ahead of himself, by humbly serving people, not looking for recognition or reward, not looking to lord it over anyone, but just serving others in Christ-like humility. Don't worry. Don't worry that you might get eaten alive by others as you imitate the humility of Jesus. Just trust that God will bless you. So, no, ancient Romans, we aren't guilty of onolatry. We don't engage in donkey worship. We do unashamedly worship the one who went riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Even though he knew that his journey would end at the cross five days later, he rode into Jerusalem and he did that to bring us salvation. Rather than having a mindset that views humility as weakness, as something to be avoided at all costs, Jesus proved that humility is something to be embraced. His willingness to humble himself, even to death on a cross, will someday lead to us being lifted up to live life in heaven's perfect glory with him forevermore. His humility, 
our hope. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.